High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Salt to Salam, Ari Kievan. Great to be with you here again this wonderful day. And let us continue with our Salt to Salt Tanya talks right here on Chai FM. And today we're going to talk about a very important topic, and that is happiness. Because that seems to be a serious problem these days. People aren't happy, I know, with the weather we got today. There's plenty of reason not to be happy, but it could always be worse. And let's focus on the positive. Let's talk about happiness. The truth is, these days, you know, we call it instant gratification. Why on earth is it called instant gratification? Because it only lasts an instant. And that is a perspective I want to talk about. Because from our, call it Nefesh Bahamas and Tanya Parlance, which means our natural soul perspective, we know that we like things that are pleasurable, that are comfortable, that are gratifying. And we feel that that's what makes us happy. So we want things for the moment that will get us to be happier. The challenge is, it makes us happy for a moment. We get the latest gadget, we go shopping, we got a new car, a new house, a vacation, holiday, whatever it might be. How long does that happiness indeed last for? And so Hasidus talks about this concept that a human being needs to actually maximize their potential. We have... We are superior to the to plants, to animals. We have intelligence. Now, granted, I know animals also have intelligence, but we're talking about human intelligence. So, if let's talk even within, <laughs> excuse me, the human realm. If I give a toddler a twenty-piece puzzle to do, and the kid will feel intellectually stimulated and satisfied doing so, they're going to be happy with themselves. It gives them the freedom to express their humanness. Well, if you as an adult were to try to do a 20-piece puzzle, you'd find it unstimulating. It's too simple for you. We need maybe something a little bit more complicated to maximize our potential. And I'd like to say, as a human being, you're going now... December holidays, and in fact, I prefer the term holiday over vacation because vacation implies vacant, empty, whereas holiday indicates that your day is infused with meaning, with purpose. And that's why it's so important, even if you're sitting at the beach and getting a nice suntan and soaking up your vitamin D and your warmth, to also ensure that you mentally stimulate yourself, learn some Torah, do something that makes you grow every single day. If our intellectual abilities, if we apply them to not just, uh, I don't know, food and drink and going to the best restaurants and, and going uh, to whatever resorts, we're not maximizing the full expression of our humanity. We got to do a little bit more than that. Because as human beings, we have higher needs than just satisfying our physical pleasures. So if we indeed try to push ourselves in that direction. And granted, we need enjoyment and pleasure, physical pleasures. But beyond that, it becomes unsatisfying. And that's why we can't just indulge in physical activities when you go on your December holidays now. If you want to take the Tanya perspective that I want to share with you, is that to be emotionally recharged... To be rejuvenated, let's say, which we all need coming back in January, you want to start fresh and rejuvenated. 
then there needs to be a sense of balance, of an overall well-being, and that's important, not just, again, from the physical perspective, but to ensure that we are spiritually stimulated as well during this period of time, and that is so vitally important. And there's a concept in modern psychology called the hedonic treadmill, which speaks about people feeling an emptiness, a void, and why, even if they've attained great wealth, honor, fame, and they live a life of, of opulence and luxury even. I'll give you an example of famous actor Jim Carrey. And he has an estimated net worth of about $150 million. Big bucks. But he was known to say that I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they could know that that is not going to buy happiness. He chased his dreams, he reached his benchmarks, he achieved his goals, he found that he was terribly unhappy. Another famous actor I could think of is Robin Williams, who probably had everything going for him, but just wasn't happy and took his own life. The point that I glean from this is that it might be nice to have money. As Woody Allen says, I'd rather be miserable in a nice suit. And I'd like to tell you that money can buy you happiness. But you have to follow a certain protocol for it to work because it's more than just money that buys happiness. And that is why it's important not just to remain in the nefesh Bahamas, the natural animal soul mode. That's why we have to tap into our godly soul, the nefesh lakis. We need higher aspirations than food, money, fame, luxuries, vacations. Because we're intelligent human beings and we have a complex emotions that need to be expressed and maximized. And so, in order for us to feel spiritually fulfilled, we need, to, we need to do something that's a little bit deeper. We need to transcend just the physical pleasures. And that's why I share with you Tanya Talks to give us some insight on how to tap into our godly soul. Because as we know, firstly, Things, stuff, Black Friday sales and specials are not going to buy us that happiness. Yes, it will give you a little bit of joy, instant gratification, but that's it. It's going to last for the instant. So we have to explore a deeper reason. The truth is there's another idea that comes to my mind where the Medrash tells us that no one fulfills their ever the, the, all their cravings in this world. You know, the bucket list. Nobody gets to achieve all that. The Rebbe would commonly quote a Mishnah that says, Mishi Eshleman, a person who's got 100 wants 200, and a person who has 200 wants 400. You see, because we're constantly chasing another buck and the rat race of life, even if you win, you're still a rat. So we obviously have to find something that is greater beyond what is just self-gratifying. Because as long as I am the focus and the center of my attainments, then I'm never going to have enough. There's an amazing study they conducted in the United States in a university where they gave 100 students $5 and $20 bills each. And then they just randomly told them whether to spend it on themselves or on others. And at the conclusion of the day when they filled out the forms they realized those who spent it on themselves were not happier. But interestingly, those who spent it on others were happier. You see, if I have money, 
I'm always going to want more money. If I have a good relationship, I'm always going to want a better one. There's always more. There's always higher expectations and entitlements. We always want greater greatness. You see, because a self-oriented mindset is just about me, myself, and I. As I've been sharing with you over the past couple of weeks, our animal soul is soil-focused, whereas the godly soul is soul-focused. And the basic difference is soil is S-O-I-L. That's where the animal is always looking down at the ground. Versus the soul is looking up. What can I do for others? What can I do for God? Because as much as we have, we always want more. And the reason we have a hard time being happy, even though we're going on vacation and holiday and having a great time, is because we're not doing something that is filled with, infused with meaning and purpose. And that's why it's important that I share with you that perspective that Tanya teaches us, that if I focus just on my animal soul, on the soil, I'm just limiting it to the instant, to the moment. It doesn't bring lasting happiness because it's all about myself. So what I'd like to do now is to share with you a little bit of the other perspective. Because when we look at the godly soul, which is not self-centered, but rather is more selfless, then I realize what I could do for another. And therefore, if you've got a Tanya in front of you, I recommend you turn to chapter 41. Otherwise, you could always check it up later. And there in Tanya chapter 41, it speaks about the happiness that comes from spiritual growth. It talks about when a person connects with Torah, with mitzvahs, how we actually living a mission and purpose-oriented life. When we connect with God, then we feel more meaning and purpose in our own lives. You see, the nefesh... Habahamis, our animal soul, has lots of big plans for itself. And that's all about me, myself, and I. But then when I get a little bit more purpose-oriented, I realize I look past, beyond just the instant, just now. In fact, on holiday, how many people are taking pictures constantly? And what happens if the camera, if the pictures are gone? Like in the old days, the film gets ruined. Or today, who knows what could happen? And they don't get stored in your iCloud. Are all the memories gone? Or can you live in the moment and experience your holiday as you are on the trip? Because the godly soul realizes yesterday's history and tomorrow's a mystery. But today's a gift of God and that's why it's called the present. The godly soul tells us very much. Firstly, to be present in the moment. You're going on holiday, yes. We spoke about a lot about not just being self-centered. It's good. You're allowed to indulge. You're allowed to buy some happiness. That's instant gratification. But we got to know that we got to be a little bit more mission and purpose oriented. And to experience that true happiness, you don't have to be restrict. It doesn't have to be in a particular place or time where you are. Live in the moment and you will truly be happy by maximizing the moment and appreciating the gift of God that is the present. We'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivan. Today we're talking Tanya on happiness. And so far we've been talking about the Nefesh Bahamas, our natural animal self. And that is, it's constantly desiring more and more. And as long as I am the focus and the center of my own attention, I'm never going to have enough. Sure, 
I'll be happy for a moment with the newest gadget, with the latest thing, with a restaurant meal, with my vacation. But a self-oriented mindset is actually an impediment to happiness because as much as we have, we always want more. And so as we've been discussing, the Nefesh of Bahamas, this animal soul, is incapable of achieving lasting happiness, positive emotions, because of that constant thirst and hunger for more and more. But fortunately, we have another identity. It's called our godly soul. And the godly soul is not as hungry. It's a little bit more satiated. It realizes that it's not only about myself. As John F. Kennedy said, don't just ask what the country could do. You ask what you could do for the country. The Alter Rebbe, the author of Tanya, said long before JFK, ask not what God could do for you. Ask what you could do for God. Don't just see what you need, but see what you need it for. And so when we talk about the nefesh elokis, the godly soul, which is selfless, unlike the animal soul that's selfish, that's more mission and purpose oriented and wants to connect with God. And therefore, it's capable of true happiness because we're already always there serving God, doing what God wants. So if we focus on God, then we find that God's happiness is actually the source of our own happiness. And it's a lasting happiness. The knowledge that God has created me means I'm indispensable to God's plan for this world. And God has tasked me and you with implementing God's cosmic plan for the universe. God put you at the center of his plan. You have your purpose in this world. You matter. You're indispensable to that plan. And so our happiness flows from the knowledge that our efforts Make God happy. When I was a kid, and still today I do it with my kids, there's a phrase, a verse that we say, Yismach Yisroh Ba'osav, it's actually a verse from Tehillim, that we ought to be happy, rejoice with our Maker. And this verse in chapter 149 of Tehillim, that reminds us the importance that God created me, and I am a partner with God in creation of this world. God created a material world and wanted to feel at home in this world. And it's a major Hasidic fundamental concept called Dira Batachtana. We are to create a dwelling place, a home for God here in this world. But God is not always known. Sometimes God is invisible, is not seen in this physical world. So how could God feel at home in a place that doesn't know Him or see Him? So that's where we enter. When we follow God's instructions, when we study the Torah, which is God's instruction manual for life, then God finds a home and becomes comfortable in this world. We are partners with God in building this beautiful world. As King Solomon refers to this world, it's God's garden. It's not a jungle. It's a beautiful garden. Yes, the garden sometimes has weeds. And we are partners because the road to perfection is through imperfection. And we realize our flaws, our mistakes are part of the gift that God gave us to grow. And so each time we push the envelope and we succeed at something, God rejoices and we have what to rejoice. The very knowledge that we bring joy to God should give us immense joy and happiness. Because that comes from when we shed our own ego, we do what God wants. You know, ego stands for easing God out. When we could focus on our mission and our purpose and what we are needed for, not just in ourselves. When we focus only on ourselves, we're always looking for something else. And that's why we're not happy. Surely, you're familiar with the concept of you make a blessing and you say the verse, Asher Kedishana B'mitzvosav, 
Every time we recite a bracha, before you perform a mitzvah, before you wash your hands, before you shake the lila, before you eat matzah. What does it mean? Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, King of the Universe. Asher who has sanctified us with His commandments, vitzivanu, and commanded us to do the mitzvah we're about to do. And in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe points out that the word Kodesh, which is the root, the etymology of Kiddushin, a Kiddushanu, sorry, is also related to Kiddushin. What's Kiddushin? Every time I officiate a marriage, what happens? The act of betrothal, when the groom slides that ring on the bride's finger and gets to change his Facebook status, that's called Kiddushin. What's the connection between Kadosh and Kiddushin? Why is the same word for sanctity, for holiness, also the word for betrothal for marriage? You see, Torah and mitzvahs are the wedding ring with which, with which we are married to God. At Mount Sinai was a marriage between us and God. And every time before we do a mitzvah, we take a moment to actually relish that love. And then we bless God. We thank God for the mitzvah. We thank God for our special relationship with Him. We know in our own marriages, a loving spouse knows that this is the greatest joy they could have is to do something for their beloved. And we appreciate that the truest joy is that brings happiness and pleasure to our spouse. And the same thing when we do a mitzvah, when we fulfill God's wish and desire, we are reinforcing the relationship with Hashem. So God's happiness is the source of our happiness. Our happiness comes from the knowledge that what we do makes God happy. Just like when you do something to make your spouse happy. So I think it's a very important point that we keep in mind before going on our holidays. Yes, indeed, I want to enjoy every moment of my holiday and have a good time and get my R&D. But I'd also like to be rejuvenated. And in that sense, I can't just be focused on myself. I have to have a little bit focus on God. But you know, in Davening, before we mention the commandment to love God, right, in Shema, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Long before that, we say another phrase. To love my fellow as myself. So of course, I express my love of God by doing, by fulfilling God's commandments. But you know, there's another way of expressing that love for God. And that is by actually loving what God loves. And I know that's sometimes difficult. And all I say is, you gotta keep on keeping on. Right? There's a famous poem that expresses it says, it's a lesson that you should heed. Try, try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And so, before we continue, my message to you is, nothing in life is easy. But he gotta keep on trying and fake it till you make it. We'll be right back. Hi FM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back. And so far we've been talking about the difficulty with happiness 
it seems like ever elusive, difficulty to find happiness. And as we've said, you know, as part of the search for happiness, we've spent our lifetime trying to buy things, to buy happiness, to go out to restaurants, to have experiences, to achieve happiness, and it's just not working. So what are we going to do going forward? How do we make sure that this December our holidays will be enjoyable and pleasant? Do we just do the same thing over and over that we did in the past that didn't make us happy or made us happy just for a little bit? Remember what Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results? Well, we can't keep throwing good after bad. And so we need to shift our perspective, and that's why I share with you these Tanya ideas. So obviously it's not easy to always just tap into our godly soul perspective, Nefesh Lekis, the Tanya idea. But like I said, Firstly, our nefesh abhamis, our animal soul, is our natural soul versus the godly soul, which isn't so natural. It takes work. Nobody's become rich overnight. And likewise, we have work to do. In fact, speaking about work, I got to share with you an important announcement here from Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood that they've got some pocket saving sweet deals just for you. So here you go. Pick and Pay kosher beef lean mints for just one hundred nine ninety nine per kilo. Pick and Pay hake petite filet at a very low seventy nine ninety nine per kilo. Pick and pay baby hake is just forty nine ninety nine per kilo. Fagel's snook salad two hundred and fifty grams for forty nine rand. Fagel's kosher gefilte fish only one thirty five per kilo. Fagel's kosher mustard herring for just one twenty five per kilo. Catch these and many more specials in store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norpa, Norwood Hyper, and only while stocks last. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. So. We've been talking about the difficulty with tapping into our godly soul perspective, but we know that just being indulgent in our animal soul way is not the way. And therefore, I'd like to say is number one, nothing in Judaism is an all or nothing perspective. And that means we could try, we could do a little bit, do one more mitzvah. It doesn't mean you're a hypocrite if you put on tefillin once and you don't do it every day. Well, guess what? You did it today. You're being authentic to yourself today. Whatever mitzvah you choose to do, keeping kosher on holidays, it would be great. It would be ideal if you could do it all your holidays. But what if you said, Shabbos, I'll keep kosher, or Shabbos, I'll observe. Whatever mitzvah you choose, it's not an all or nothing proposition. Every mitzvah counts. Every mitzvah makes a difference. You got to focus in the positive direction. And secondly, you got to start the journey somewhere. You got to begin with something. Now, don't tell yourself, I'm not being true to myself. Like I say, fake it till you make it because nobody's built their business over and up overnight. You got to start somewhere. You got to do everything you can. And we can begin the journey even if you don't feel ready to do so. Holidays is a perfect time to try to keep kosher. Holidays is a perfect time to try whatever you can to grow in your Yiddishkeit. And this is the idea, is that we're much better off when we grow spiritually. And that's what I want to share with you, is firstly, to think not just about ourselves, what could I do for another? And secondly, how can I grow spiritually over these holidays? Nothing happens overnight, but we got to try to the best of our ability. we got to leverage the negative elements of our animal soul that is self-indulgent 
and to try to find greater joy by doing something that's just beyond ourselves. So how do we do this? Firstly, you know, before benching, we talk about, we sing Shir HaMalot, right? What do we say in Shir HaMalot? That Az Yemale Schok Pinu Ulshanein Arino, we're going to be filled with joy and happiness. And just one great line is, why God has done these great things for us? Because Hayinu Samechim, because we were joyful. And King David illustrates that thus, is that it's our joy. Our joy is what brings us tremendous blessings in our life. So how do we experience joy in our lives? Well, live a little bit more in our godly soul mindset and perspective and experience the joy that comes with it when we are more in tune with that spiritual element of our life of doing for others, not just for ourselves. So I know there's a lot to talk here. Let's just recap a few of the ideas that we mentioned because we know that our natural soul's self-centered perspective, as we said, is not going to bring us lasting happiness. Firstly, self-centeredness just smothers our divine soul and its mission, its calling, its purpose. But our divine soul is critical to our deepest selves. So if we if we deny ourselves that godly soul lifestyle, we're depriving ourselves of our true spiritual happiness. A self-oriented mindset is just focused on ourselves, our own desires. And that's just unsatisfying because we're constantly craving and desiring more. So therefore, as we said today, happiness is a direct function of the divine soul and the consequence of a life that's aligned with its perspective. Firstly, we said the divine soul is not about itself. It's not self-centered. It's selfless. It's about the divine mission. And therefore, it doesn't have all those desires that it needs fulfilled before experiencing happiness. It's satisfied with embracing each moment and circumstance because the ability to serve is always there. Just relish the moment. Live in the present. It's a gift of God. If we live that divine soul lifestyle, then God's happiness is the source of our own happiness, as we said. Our joy comes from the knowledge that we're bringing joy to God, just like you know when you're bringing joy to your spouse. Two more points. Living that divine soul life, obviously, is challenging. It's not easy. But, like I said, you got to keep pursuing happiness. Do what you can. Be more spiritual. Do for others. And if you feel overwhelmed by all that spirituality, well, realize... You don't have to do it all in one moment. It's not an all or nothing proposition. But you gotta take the plunge. You gotta say, I'm gonna do something. You gotta start somewhere. And what better time is there than now when there's less pressure during this season? So, carpe diem, seize the moment, and have a great holiday season. We'll see you back here on Soul to Soul in a couple of weeks time in the new year. And hope the next decade will be a much greater one than this past one. Wishing you a meaningful Shabbos, great holidays, and a great time ahead. Carpe diem.